fancy seeing you here. Jamani, how are you? How was Les Mis? I stood and gave her a hug. Jamani was ahead of me at acting school. Originally from Detroit, she was a biracial beauty with brains, talent, and plenty of sass. Girl, you know I brought the house down wherever the hell I was. <laughs> Jamani was one of the best singers I'd ever heard. Her voice was full of heart and soul. She looked down at my audition folder that was open and resting on the table. And what are you auditioning with today, Miss Thing? Mm, I can't decide. I'm not even sure I'll get seen anyway being non-union. You never know. Things are moving quick. They're getting us in and out. Hang in there, okay? Oh, listen, I've got to run, but let's catch up. I looked back down at my audition folder. I really didn't know what I was going to sing. Truth was, I couldn't stop thinking about Liam. I had been listening to Ricky Martin's She Bangs on repeat ever since our chance encounter, and now I couldn't get it out of my head. And that wasn't an appropriate song choice for Fiddler on the Roof. Mind you, I don't think I was an appropriate choice of casting for that show, but nevertheless, it's good to get seen. I had almost been cast on Broadway last year. A show I had worked on in London was set to open here, and they needed an immediate replacement for a swing who had broken her arm during a trial show run in Canada. The producers had called me and arranged for me to audition. The day of my first big audition was hectic. I had also had my last exam play of the semester that day. In the morning, I was a Victorian prostitute being shipped off for her crimes to the colonies, and after lunch, I was splashing out on a taxi to make sure I'd made it to the audition on time. Normally, I didn't have the spare cash to splash out on these, but made an exception on this occasion given its gravity. When I arrived at the audition, I had no idea what the process was going to be. I was a rookie who was nervous as hell, but I knew I wanted to enjoy and savour every moment. I had to calm myself down in the elevator, and once the doors opened, I was greeted by the head of casting for one of the most prominent casting officers in the industry. A showy man with tortoiseshell glasses extended his hand. Hi, I'm Chris. You must be Miss Hudson. Hi! I am! It's so lovely to meet you. Thank you for seeing me. I was so nervous, I assume I sounded more like a turkey. Gobble, gobble, gobble! You're so welcome. I've heard great things. Follow me so we can dump your stuff and get you some water. I was being treated like a Tony Award-winning actress. The UK production team had sung my praises so much that I somehow bypassed the nitty-gritty audition protocol and I was instantly ushered into the back room. They thought I was a star. I was handed a bottle of water and made comfortable before going in to sing for the team. Ten minutes later, I was in that room singing my tits off belting out some old-school classics. I performed like a diva, darling. I gave them a real show, and I made the room laugh. I do a great drunk Australian Sheila, and they couldn't get enough. I wondered if this really was it. As I left the casting, I knew I hadn't let those who recommended me down. I floated on air, all the way to the nitty-gritty six train to go home. I wondered if it was going to be that easy. One audition, and bam, straight to Broadway. I mean, it was that simple in the movies. Oh, it was the best day of my life. Second to the day I moved here. I really was living the dream that day. That's how life goes, right? Things are a bit shit, and then all your dreams come true? Apparently not. It wasn't quite a rejection, but it was bad news. Turns out they wanted me for the role. Unluckily. My student visa did not allow for me to join the union or authorise me to work on Broadway. So, no matter how hard the producers tried, there was no way for me to get a work visa quick enough to be in that show. I needed a green card. 
Turns out marrying Hanatosis Keith would have been better for my career. My dreams were crushed, and that was the first time I felt let down by New York. One minute, it felt like I was riding this insanely fantastic roller coaster, and next, it felt like I'd vomited up my fried Oreos as we banked a corner. Or worse, I'd slipped out of the safety restraints and crashed to earth below. My heart broke a little that day, but I told myself that my time will come and I will never give up trying. Just have to keep showing up to the open calls in hopes of being remembered. Fiddler on the Roof, starring the fabulous Holly Hudson, is one of Tevia's five daughters. Unfortunately, we aren't seeing any non-union today. If you wish to leave your headshot and resume for casting, you may do so. I packed my folder into my bag, which was full of so much unnecessary crap, and headed outside. It was really fucking cold. During the winter, the city is freezing. Apparently, it's not that bad if you're from Chicago and you're used to your eyelashes snapping off, but if you are from the jolly old UK, then it's undoubtedly freeze your tits off cold. I hugged my new cream coat closer to my body. I felt grateful to have a coat. There was a time when I didn't have a proper coat. During my first two years of being here, I only had a sort of outer layer component. Q Marlene. Whilst I'd been at acting school, I befriended the security guard who sat behind the desk every morning. Her name was Marlene, and she was a fierce woman who was ahead of her time. Marlene was African-American and originally from Georgia. She was in her 50s, poised as hell, had a shaved head, and carried a gun. It wasn't these things that made her a trailblazer. It was her contentment with being the ultimate bachelorette. She was beautiful, elegant, and most importantly, had the kindest heart. But she didn't need no man. No, sir. No man was going to dictate how she lived her life. When I was too broke to eat, Marlene greeted me with her homemade muffins. When I needed cheering up, Marlene took me to Alice's teacup. If I showed up to school crying, Marlene wiped my tears. And when I had no coat to stay warm, Marlene took me shopping and bought me one. Oh, how about this one, Harley? I couldn't afford a coat from here, Marlene. Saks is too fancy. Well, why don't you just try it on and see if it fits? I tried on the coat. Oh, ha. It's amazing. It's really flattering. Cream is your color. Holly, you look beautiful. I'm going to get it for you. Marlene, don't be silly. I couldn't accept- Oh, shh, Holly. I won't hear another word. Say thank you. Thank you, Marlene. You're welcome. Besides, you'll take me to Harrods one day when your big break is here. And it's coming, Holly. I can feel it. It's going to happen for you. Marlene believed in me. Like, really believed. She was the mother I'd always wanted. And one of my best friends. An earth angel. Sadly, I would never get to take Marlene to London. She died suddenly a few weeks after our trip to Saks. But it always felt like she was here looking out for me thanks to this coat. Ah, seems like yonks ago now when I had no coat and a job that involved standing on the street of Fifth Avenue between 36th and 37th streets daily, working five in the morning to nine, it was all taking and no giving. Come rain or snow, handing out flyers for one of those generic sandwich shops you see intermittently about the city. I had so much determination to make it as an actress. I was willing to stand outside during a mild January New York winter. You know, the kind where the temperature is usually only minus 10 degrees. It honestly felt like I was working inside a snow globe for the most part. I'm surprised to this day that I still have nipples left. There were times it was so cold I fear that they may just break off. 
as I continued towards the subway to go home, I got the hankering for a cup of tea. Okay, fine. I wanted to go see if Liam was working. After all, the orange coffee shop was only a few blocks away, and I suppose it wasn't the coldest day that the city had ever seen, so my mammary glands were safe. Besides, I looked pretty cute in my coat and my new taupe bobble hat that I'd recently purchased from a street vendor for seven bucks. Oh, fuck it. I headed in the opposite direction towards the tea and the boy. Oops, sorry. I said as I tripped over the feet of someone sleeping on the street. God, I felt like such a bitch for not noticing them down there. I reached into my bag and fished out some coins. I put them in the cup next to the homeless person. I couldn't tell if the feet belonged to a woman or a man or if they were dead or alive. Cheap fat hoe. Fuck your coins, lady. Oh, they were a he and he was very much alive. Before I entered Orin's, I checked my reflection in the window. I couldn't help but feel excited. Sure enough, as soon as I stepped inside, I saw Liam leaning on the counter, his perky little butt very much pronounced by his tight navy chinos, and he, he was talking to a woman. <gasps> Not just any woman. He was talking to Alice. <laughs> Fucking Alice. Alice had also been in our acting class. She was a terrible actress, but had the perfect look for television. She had long brown hair and Bambi-like eyes. Oh, and she weighed less than the bag I was carrying on my shoulder. I wanted to turn around and leave. I needed to escape as much as the chickens in the movie Chicken Run. As I started to turn back towards the door, Liam saw me. Holly! I slowly turned back. Liam! I thought I might find you here. Well, that was weird. But too late now. Years of vocal lessons means one can project their voice and enunciate all their consonants ensuring that intended audiences hears every word. He definitely heard me. Come join us. You remember Alice, don't you? Liam gestured towards Alice. <laughs> Fucking Alice. She looked like a supermodel. Yes, of course. Hi, Alice. Oh, lovely to see you again. I hugged her. It was like hugging air. Holly, so nice surprises to see you. Mwah. She spoke with this very intense Bulgarian accent, the kind that makes your eyebrows knit together because you have to concentrate so hard to understand it. Holly, do you want some tea? Um, yes, please. I smiled at him and then fake smiled at Alice. Fucking Alice. What have you been up to, Alice? Life treating you well? God, she was beautiful. I felt like a Teletubby standing next to her. Yes, I just did a Cadillac commercial in my bikini. Not sure why she felt the need to tell me that. It paid really good. Really good. Few thousands. Or that. Oh, that's jolly good, isn't it? I was still fake smiling and beginning to flare my nostrils like a troll. Liam returned with my tea. And a small plate. I got you another cookie. I know how you love cookies and sugar. Liam chuckled. He looked at Alice, who also was laughing. A little too loudly. Like she never ate a cookie. Fucking Alice. Oh, um, I'm actually not that hungry. Maybe I'll take it home for my roommate. I was obviously lying. I was going to inhale it later. The next half hour, I sipped my tea and smiled whilst I listened to Liam and Alice's stories. Tale after tale describing their backpacking adventures in the Andes. Of course, they also went to Machu Picchu and loved it. Everyone does. They were very much in love and clearly she banged very well. I wanted to die. Being British, I was too polite to leave right away, so had to sit and endure the torture. 
Ugh, the day really couldn't have gotten worse. Even though the weather was frigid, before heading home, I decided to go on a stroll to the Empire State Building. Seeing it all lit up always cheered me up. Some nights, I have this recurring dream of being in a Jeep driving along Fifth Avenue. In my dream, when I reach the Empire State Building, I stand up on the seat and whistle. Then, a giant pink llama appears from behind it with a big smile on its face. It's very happy to see me. <laughs> I have no idea what this dream means. As the sun hadn't begun to quite set, the lights were yet to be turned on. Oh, today just wasn't my day. I waited at the crosswalk opposite my favorite iconic building. Even unlit, it was still glorious. I looked up, shielding my eyes from the late sun's luminosity and drank it all in. All of the movies that I had seen this emblem in flashed before me, causing me to feel excitement and joy that I lived so close to it. Oh, it was splendid. I started to cross the street, and when I was about halfway across, I felt a splatter of something lukewarm and substantial on my face. I knew it wasn't pigeon shit from the way it sprayed me. The sound of cracking to the right of me confirmed my thoughts. There, approximately three feet away from me were the remains of somebody's body. Someone who had fallen out of love with New York. Someone who had chosen to fall from one of the world's most famous architectural accomplishments as opposed to just stare up and marvel at it. Someone whose last choice had just ruined the cream coat Marlene had so lovingly gifted me. Next time on FUNYC, singing waitresses, broken noses, and Rasputin. Do you know I love British people? They are my favorite. FUNYC, an IDC production. Starring Emily Eden. Written and created by Emily Eden. Sound design and engineering by Lewis Fisher. Executive producer, Marcy Gilbert. Co-created, produced, and directed by Eric Wickstrom. Guest starring Mike Tricario, Sri Gordon, Lewis Fisher, Jamie Lamchick, 